Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means it's episode, I believe, 162 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I'm one of your hosts. It's a hot day in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm Eric, wearing too many clothes, Walquist. Mm. And joining me this week, as he does each and every week, is... I'm Jesse the Mosquito Buzzing in Eric's GD Ear oh, Wilson. Dude. Are we, are we going to get right into this? I think we should. I have to say, uh, luckiest bastard of all time. Can I just say that to you? Well, Eric, um, <laughs> what I want to say is that a good fantasy football player knows how to draft a good team. Right. A great fantasy football player knows <laughs> when to delegate. Was the de- when to delegate that. I can't fault you here because auto-drafting has always been my strategy. That was your advice last year, yeah. was to just auto-draft and pick up on the waiver wire, right? Yep. And uh, somebody did that. And somebody <laughs> did not. Somebody <laughs> scored 143 points in the Arrogant Move League, and the other one scored 92 points. Demarius Stormborn, a new name here, Jesse, for your team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I renamed them. In honor, actually, let's just jump to the dedication right now. <laughs> okay. Dedicating it to Demarius Thomas, who mm-hmm. uh, I, in, in some ways he took a little bit of the fun out of it because he did so good <laughs> on uh, Thursday night. Yep. That basically um, you were you were sunk before you even started to sail. That's true. I mean, I, I, you know, Aaron also picked, I think he picked Peyton Manning first overall. And I scoffed at him for that pick. <laughs> Put it up 52 points and basically just cruised to victory after that. So there were a few of us that ran into the uh, Peyton Manning freight train this week. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Demarius Thomas, five receptions, 161 yards. And, uh, yeah, if you throw in the bonuses and the PPR, that that's a cool 41 points to just start off the week for you. Yeah, so uh, this episode's to him. I named my, uh, I renamed my team. I wasn't that married to Snake Pigskin to begin with, right? And then, so <laughs> there was there was a half hour like storm delay before the game, right, on Thursday. So Demarius Stormborn, which is a goof, of course, of Daenerys Stormborn, the queen of uh, <laughs> queen of the Seven Kingdoms. It works on so many. To the Iron Throne, it so. works on so many levels, dude. Honestly, yeah. congratulations. But the other thing I have to say is that right now, the first team in the league and the last team in the league are all separated by one game. So, yeah. Well, I I plan to uh, widen that gap this week when my boy Russell Wilson crushes <laughs> those Forty uh, Nine. Yeah. There's the other thing about this is that you also made a trade uh, with with uh, Levi's team, Michael Vick, for Russell Wilson straight up, which is a great trade for both of you because yeah. you each of you had uh, you had Michael Vick and Lashawn McCoy, and he right. had Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch, not diversified. So you kind of filled in each other's gaps and yeah we did i think that it's, it's going to be an interesting year because i think michael vick will probably play less games than russell wilson but i think that it might be a push on total points in the year after looking at what michael vick did in the chip kelly offense on yeah. uh, monday night i mean i wanted to hate i wanted to trade one of them mm-hmm. and uh tasha was my coach on this and she told me to hang on to Lashawn mccoy so i did oh yeah that was a good move um, I'll, I just thought you were just doing it because you wanted uh, Seahawk on your team. So I was going to trade you. I was thinking about trading you. Um, 
I don't know. I won't take Demarius Thomas off of your hands, <laughs> but you know, I I think I think a good trade would probably be uh, D- Demarco Murray for uh, the twelfth man, straight up. <laughs> For the twelfth man, yeah, that's one thing that I think that should be introduced into uh, fancy football is stadiums. Yeah, there you go. You gotta pick your stadium too. I'm also thinking about expanding the league so that you can play five players instead of just the four. I think that might even out some some stuff. Although pretty even top to bottom, it's it's not it's not completely a runaway. Although feel bad for the Hufflepuffers; they only scored 51 points this week, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just glad friend of the show Levi got a win. Friend of the show Levi got a win. You are, uh, you did score 143 points, but you're actually third overall I know. behind the Betty Monsters and Putin it on the pizza. Yeah, Putin it on the pizza scored a cool 151. Yeah. I think. So uh, yeah, and then grimy little pimps uh, from uh, Aaron, 129 points behind the arm of, of Peyton Manning scoffed at his team while he was drafting it. And then he just, just, <laughs> he just like ran in there and, and, and destroyed everyone. So interesting first week in the arrogant move league. If you want to hear more about the arrogant move league, early recommendation here um, on Friday, we're going to be releasing the first get off my running back podcast on the bald move network. Very special guest. Aaron will be the first guest there. And we're going to talk fantasy. We're going to talk the league. Uh, we're going to talk nostalgia. It's going to be a great, great time. So, uh, so look for that. And God, I'm so ready for. I got a good matchup this week against Aaron Martinez. Mm, I'm playing the uh, Angela Martinez. Oh, she got crushed by Aaron last week. I know. Get ready for round two of the pummeling. Yikes! Yeah, Aaron Martinez did win, but I currently have a higher projected total than he does. Also, yeah, your projected total uh, shriveled up a little bit. It's shriveled, but that's because Lamar Miller decided to uh, lay an egg, and I decided to get rid of him. <laughs> I dumped his ass, Lamar Miller. Get off my team. Get off my team. <laughs> get off my team. Yeah, I do want to say I am in the little tiny Matt Roloff League, which is noticeably more difficult than the little tiny Tyrion Lannister League that uh, that you are a part of. Well, except our our league has the two highest scores, putting it on that's the pizza. That's true. But you and also, uh, Marius Stormborn. But you also have the 13th, the 14th, the 15th, and the 17th. So, I'm just saying. Roger's Acid Trips also need some help. All right. If you want to hear more of this, get off my running back. It's coming soon. Jesse, what are you drinking this week? Uh, I'm drinking something that I'm happy to be drinking. It's my Beer to Guard homebrew, and it's like the best beer I've ever made. It is? What kind of beer is it? Well, it's, uh, it's like a French Saison. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a little bit tart, dry... Uh, real nice maltiness followed by like delicious saison uh, esters, and uh, it's really good. I've got a great name for your brewery, dude. Because you're you're yeah. really you're you're totally into the saisons, right? I think that you should just go by Jesse Will Saison. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Tasha came up with the name for the beer. Okay, she calls it Football Saison. Oh, nicely. nicely <laughs> yeah, nicely done. <laughs> well, Jesse, you're going to love what I'm drinking this week. I got some Red Menace from uh, oh, Dale's Ales. I like that beer. Old, old alma mater of Jesse Wilson. Yeah. So you can call it's it? It's like the junior college It's a junior in my college. career. Yeah. Um, can you drink this now? I've never had a problem with the Red Menace. It's the Mongoose IPA I don't think I can drink anymore. Yeah, you just got a little over, over oversaturated. Yeah. 
Well, uh, we already did the Dedo. Uh, we did uh, did a little fantasy football talk, did a little beer talk. We don't have any feedback this week. We did get a phone call, but I'm going to have to save that for the end of the podcast because it is amazing. Um, so, guys, you got to write us emails. PersonalArguments.gmail.com. I'm feeling very sad. I know it's the end of summer. I know that uh, football season's starting up. But, guys, we're still here. And we're your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave your friends hanging. We did get a bunch of Facebook feedback, but we'll save that for the end of the show. I think there's nothing left to do but do a little tiny mat roll off. What do you say? Let's let's do it. Uh, we're each control a we're each gonna troll a twenty sided die until it does what we want. Uh, we're gonna roll a twenty sided die, uh, and we're gonna see who gets to talk first in the podcast this week. Here we go. I rolled a two. I rolled a nine. Feeling fine. There you go. All right. Here we go. For my first topic this week, I want to talk about science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. Great, Scott. Uh, so I got a few science topics to talk about this week because it's kind of a big week this week for science. So, Jesse, I'm going to let you uh, pick what we talk about first. Do you want to talk about space? Do you want to talk about robots? Or do you want to talk about prehistoric beasts? Um, I want to talk about... Let's talk about robots because I actually have a prehistoric oh. beast story lined up. Are you spurious? I'm Britney Spears about okay. this. You're Britney Spears. Um, so let's talk about this uh, this uh, j- this robot from Japan. Uh, researchers at Toshiba's Akimu Robotic Research Institute were thrilled because they <laughs> what? I'm trying to set this up, Jesse. I'm trying to. They get were excited. thrilled. They were thrilled. Okay, because they made this robot named Kenji and Jojima. Yeah, hopefully, I hope it's named after Kenji Jojima. Um, and he is a third generation humanoid robot. And basically what they did is they were able to make him focus on certain emotions, certain human like emotions. Uh, for Kenji, they were able to make him focus on love. Unfortunately, he is a robot and he's only programmed to love. And so they ran into some issues with Kenji. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> So he uh, he basically fell in love with a research assistant who was spending time with him. That's hilarious. Because he was programmed to fall in love with whoever he laid eyes on. <laughs> um, but this research assistant would stay in his room for hours on end running tests on Kenji. Um, and he got a little too attached to her. In fact, one time when he when she her, her shift was over and she wanted to leave, Kenji decided he was just going to hug her. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't know why they they put 100 kilogram arms <laughs> on him oh, and programmed him to hug. <laughs> but he basically uh, blocked the door with his giant body, robot oh, body. Jesus. And then hugged her until she had to cr- like cry for help for people to come in and shut down Kenji. This was extremely short-sighted. It was very short-sighted. <laughs> Did they watch one sci-fi movie before uh, doing this? I don't know. The, it, it's it's the other very creepy thing about this is that Kenji doesn't uh, communicate by human speech. He communicates by barking and meowing. 
Why did they do that? I don't know. Kenji has some work to do, but uh, basically he started just falling in love with whoever turned him on in the morning. Literally, <laughs> they literally turned him on. They yeah. Um, so, yeah, he he was originally programmed to fall in love with a doll. He originally, then he fell in love with a human, and then it became really, really bad. So there's, you know, this is the problem with emotions in in robots. You know, our emotions are very, uh, very animalistic things. They're they're basically created by instinct over time, and then we kind of, as humans, have learned to rein in our uh, instinctual passions into these things we call emotions so we can move from one to the next. Uh, and that's something we learn in infanthood. Uh, but robots, they don't really understand that. All they could do is compute a single line of code. And then they're like, Oh, this is who I am now. They're basically infants, but then they, we put hundred kilogram arms on them and then they become a little problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly less problematic than an actual infant though. <laughs> from my so. experience yeah. uh, according to this article ever since the incident each time Kenji is reactivated he instantly bonds with the first technician to meet his gaze and rushes to embrace them yeah um, it doesn't help that Kenji uses only pre-recorded dog and cat noises to communicate <laughs> and is able to vocalize his love through a 20 watt speaker in his chest so basically <laughs> He holds you close to his loudspeaker and then barks in your face. What the hell kind of mad scientist was behind this? Uh, this is Dr. Takahashi. Oh, classic Takahashi. I know, antics. classic Tasha, Takahashi. Uh, he said he admits that they will more yeah, the than... the Takahashi Classic is actually a, a baseball game that Kenji Jojima played it. Yeah, there you go. A little known um, fact. A little known fact. Uh, Dr. Takahashi admits that they will more than likely have to decommission Kenji permanently. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but he's optimistic about one day succeeding where Kenji failed. Well... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in some ways, it was a success. It was the question a success. is, do we need robots to love? Well, this is... Why pro... I mean, arguably, emotions are not a great part of humans. I mean, it's what makes humans humans, but it's humans true. aren't necessarily all that great. It's true. I mean, look Especially at Especially those humans are controlled by controlled by their emotions. Exactly. Yeah, they're very... They, they can cause knee-jerk reactions like blocking the door and hugging a lady <laughs> and then barking in her face. <laughs> Yeah, it's happened to us all. Yeah, I can't say we all haven't done that at one point. <laughs> so, I mean, isn't the point of a robot to be, like, cool and callous yeah. and emotionless? That's true. But, I mean, then, I, I think, you know, the the object here is to make it so that robots can act on their emotions in order to, say, protect a child. Like, mm, with their 100-kilogram uh, kill arms. Exactly. They're, they're crushernators, a.k.a. arms. They're like that, you know, the house is on fire, so they make sure they grab the the, the kids before they run out of the building. Mm-hmm, and crush them to death. <laughs> with their giant arms and bark in their face. Yeah. Rah, 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 crush. Can I just say worst robot ever? Yeah, it's, it's definitely up there. <laughs> Actually, this robot should be on BattleBots. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> it would be a great BattleBot contender. It immediately falls in love with the other robot and then just squeezes it to death while barking in its face. The thing is, when it. there's like some uh, like muscly douchebag guy and he's like, hey, baby, you want tickets to the gun show? And points to his arms. With robots, he could literally mean the gun show. Oh, don't need to introduce emotions into the equation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we don't need emotional robots. 
Or maybe we should teach drones to love. <laughs> God. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all right, you ready for some more news? Talk about an arms race. Hey, now. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to uh, move on to space news. So, uh, this is an interesting... Uh, oh, and by the way, I just want to give credit where credit due. That's techandfacts.com. That's where Kenji's story comes to us from. This tech one comes... Tech and facts? <laughs> I used to uh, get cheat codes off there all the time. Tech and facts. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> tech and facts. I really reached for that. Yeah, you are really keeping them rolling today. Okay, (laughs) from the X-Files. This one comes to us from the Daily Galaxy. Uh, Apparently, there's a galaxy. It's 10 million light years away. And it's speculated that the center of this galaxy is a supermassive black hole. Supermassive black hole. That's my Muse reference for the day. Um, and there's basically just dying stars happening all the time. This is like a, a star factory, this galaxy. And, uh, a lot of these are, a lot of these stars are basically, you know, they, they kind of burn quick and they burn bright. Uh, but there's this one object in this galaxy that basically is just rem- emitting a bunch of radio signals and, uh-huh. Uh, it's been doing it for quite a while now. So I'm just going to read this. This is from uh, the Daily Galaxy. It says, There's something strange in the cosmic neighborhood. An unknown object in the nearby galaxy M82, classic M82, by the way, <laughs> has started sending out radio waves. And the emissions uh, do not look like anything seen anywhere else in the universe before. Um, now, a lot of people are jumping to, confus- jumping to confusions here. <laughs> Because you know the the uh, the kind of sexy thing here is that oh this is definitely a radio transmission from an alien race, right? Um, but actually, there's this really interesting thing in England, uh, and it's a they basically explore the universe by searching for radio signals. I think it's hilarious because this is called the Merlin Network of radio telescopes. <laughs> It's like, come on, UK, you don't have to name everything after, like, King Arthur. That's the thing, though, is, like, Merlin is actually kind of a name that gets used, like, in in modern times over there. That's true. And there are some people who are named Merlin. I'm just saying, you know, the UK, they could probably ease off the King Arthur stuff. (laughs) They peaked. They peaked. Uh, Merlin (laughs) Network of Radio Telescopes in the UK. Uh, A bright spot of radio emission emerged over only a few days, quite rapidly in astronomical terms. Since then, it has done very little except to baffle astrophysicists. Certainly doesn't fit the pattern of radio emissions from a supernova. They usually get brighter over a few weeks and then fade away over months. With the spectrum of the radiation changing all the while, the new source has hardly changed in brightness over the course of a year. And its spectrum is steady. The crazy thing that I love about all this is that this thing happened 10 million years ago. Mm-hmm. And we're just learning about it now. Well, I think what's happening is obvious. What's that? Well, there's a black hole at the center of this galaxy. A mm-hmm. black hole is like the ultimate weapon of mass destruction, right? That's true. You drop it in the center of a galaxy, everything gets sucked in. Goodbye. Right. Um, I think that there must have been an alien race mm-hmm. that uh, grew up and developed on one of the planets, on one of the s- solar systems in that galaxy, and created some sort of uh, killer hug robot. Mm-hmm. 
and then it was self-replicating, got out of control, and they had to detonate a supermassive black hole in order to spare the rest of the universe oh, from, uh, from this uh, scourge of the killer hug robot. Yeah, the killer hug robot is definitely a problem. I think it's a problem that every civilization <laughs> faces at some point. It, it, it ends most. Yeah, definitely. There, <laughs> uh, theoretical astrophysics, it's call it the uh, hug robot conundrum. Yeah. When a civilization gets so advanced that it will inevitably destroy itself with a killer hug robot. I think it's the hugs boson. <laughs> That's what it is. It yeah. was recently proved in CERN. Exactly. <laughs> it says, I love the comments here. Here's a radical thought. Could be an alien civilization's attempt at contacting other life in the universe, and we just happen to be in its path. M82, according to Wikipedia, is about 12 million light years away, so it would have happened that long ago. Instead of not that long ago, it happened that long ago. Uh, <laughs> that distance means that the signal would have dissipated quite a bit since leaving home, so it would have to be pretty freaking powerful. That, I admit, makes the idea pretty darn unlikely. <laughs> But it's worth contemplating. Not really co worth contemplating. This is just one of those crazy things that happens in the universe. Yeah. The th yeah, it, this happens every time human knowledge bumps up against something it doesn't understand. Right. People go crazy, and, but the real scientists are like, calm down, we'll figure it out. Yeah, the, I mean, so, like, the size of our own Milky Way galaxy, if, if the sun was the size of a red blood cell in a human body then the Milky Way galaxy would be the size of the continental United States in comparison. So pretty small. Well, no, but I mean, if, <laughs> if yeah, exactly. But I mean, in comparison, like the Milky Way galaxy itself is just a uh, mind. You, you can't even imagine anything that large. Right. Not to mention we're one of billions of galaxies <laughs> in the universe. Like mm -hmm. this is just one of those things that makes you feel incredibly tiny. Yeah, I don't know. You don't you don't feel tiny? No, I mean, <laughs> still, I mean, what's Mars up to? Not much. <laughs> Basically, as long as I have someone else to belittle, I feel big about myself. I That's how that. I got through high school. <laughs> Just kidding, yeah. I wasn't a bully. <laughs> what's Mars up to? Not much. I love Not that. much <laughs> anymore. Uh, yeah, Those I mean, trenches look like crap. <laughs> I think this is another thing. Do I think that there's probably? other intelligent life in the entire universe probably somewhere hope so do i think that it will never we will never ever come in contact with them most probably yeah I mean, the whole idea here is like yes this so this radio signal happened 10 to 12 million years ago yeah. like it's the universe is so big that it takes 10 million years for us to recognize even the slightest change in something that's far away it's crazy yeah I mean, contact with another life basically implies, like, this other life is immortal, essentially, yeah. just because of the massive scope of the universe. Yeah, I mean, and if, if we were ever to find evidence of uh, intelligent life somewhere else in the universe, by the time we found it, it would be some long-dead civilization. <sighs> or we'll be the long-dead civilization. Oh, shit. What if we just find ourselves? <laughs> if you keep looking uh, far enough around a sphere, you look at the back of your own head. There you go. Think about it. So Jesse, I I do want I do have this uh this prehistoric beast uh thing, but I just want to make sure it's not your prehistoric beast thing. So okay. I'm gonna float one word to you. Venezuela. Uh, I don't think it's the same prehistoric beast. All right, cool. So armadillos as big as cars, crocodiles bigger than buses, six-ton mastodons and saber-toothed tigers, 
once shared the earth with man in Latin America, scientists believe. There, apparently, there's this giant um, oil dig in Venezuela, and then they found all these incredible uh, prehistoric beast bones. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. We're talking armadillos as big as cars and crocodiles bigger than a bus, than a city bus. That's a fucking dinosaur, man. Yeah. That is basically yeah. a dinosaur. There's a fine line between crocodile and dinosaur. <laughs> You're exactly. Uh, and this stuff happened. This people lived with the humans. Like we That's don't even the crazy part. Yeah, we don't even need to worry about extraterrestrials, dude. <laughs> Our own world was like crazy different. Like just a couple tens of thousands of years ago. Yeah, there were alien space monsters living on Earth not that long ago. Exactly. Oh man, if I if I could give anything to just fucking clone these things. I would just love it, dude. Like, I feel like this is, like, much closer to Jurassic Park than any dinosaur would ever be. Because yeah, you, you heard have... about the Jurassic World coming out, right? I did hear about Jurassic World coming out, and I can't say uh, that I'm less excited enough <laughs> for that one. Good answer. You know, one thing I always thought when I saw Jurassic Park uh, in 1993 was that, you know, 20 years later, I hope they really developed this into basically Sharknado. <laughs> And watch, it's going to win an Oscar. Damn it. Yeah. The armadillo is the one I'm most excited about. I'm super excited about the armadillo. You know how tiny armadillos are? Like, armadillos They're are... like s- hardly the size of a car at all. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah. <laughs> armadillos are actually really, really tiny. Dude, prehistoric beasts are like the coolest shit in the world. And What's I- the coolest animal you've seen in person? Uh, I'm going to say something boring like an African elephant on the savanna. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. The other thing is like the Af- the drafts on the African savanna are way bigger than like drafts in the zoo. Oh, really? Like insanely tall. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, It's basically like prehistoric drafts. But I don't know. what's. Uh, you've been to Australia. You've probably seen yeah, some kind of spider I, or I think the coolest one I've ever seen is an echidna just because they're so wacky. Mm-hmm. They're little black quills that are yeah. wide at the tips, and they're like anteater nose. Original frosted tips. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, actually, I'm it's a huge... always the 90s for the echidna. Exactly. They also have goatees. Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I also really, really love the Komodo dragon. They have a couple of them here at the Woodland Park Zoo, and I always love going and looking at the Komodo dragons. Mm-hmm. Again, more me. dinosaurs. Yeah, totally, dude. It's just like a giant monitor lizard that's like six feet long. While um, we're on the um, while we're on the topic of creatures from the sea, right? Uh, this is something that uh, Mitch Netzer posted on our Facebook page. It right. was a uh, a comic of Aquaman mm-hmm. rising out of the water on the back of Cthulhu. Exactly. I thought we should answer the question: Can Aquaman control Cthulhu? Well, uh, this was basically the basis of my Aquaman pres- uh, my Aquaman premise that I pitched uh, a few dozen episodes ago yeah i try not to remember what you say <laughs> good i think that this is how you make him badass is you just turn into a lovecraftian thing he yeah. goes down to Antarctica. he flash freezes in the water he gets blessed by the elder gods and all of a sudden he can control cthulhu that's right that's right he has to be blessed by the, that's that's the yeah. thing though like yeah instead of uh, the man as he stands i don't think you can control cthulhu is not like a water monster well the problem is that the Greek gods, is it Greek or is it uh, Roman? Poseidon? 
Poseidon is Greek. Neptune is Roman. Okay. I don't know which it's one. It's all the same shit. Doesn't yeah, right. Matter. So anyway, those ancient gods are different than the elder gods. So I think that you have conflicting gods happening. Mm. Like, well, that just makes good for good comic books, conflicting yeah. gods. That just makes for good comedy. <laughs> gods must be crazy. Yeah, tell me uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to say in the current mythos, Aquaman, no. In the in my mythos for Aquaman, yes, of course he can control Cthulhu. Right. That's, that what makes okay. him, that's what makes him awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, big news this this week in Literally. giant uh, prehistoric animals, crazy radio waves from outer space, and then robots who can't help but love people. <laughs> we'll need those hugging, killing robots to uh, save us from the giant armadillos. <laughs> I can't wait. They're programmed to only love armadillos <laughs> to death. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's science talk for this week. Jesse, what's your first topic? Well, um, my first topic on the docket is science. So. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs... Is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great Scott. There you Great go. Great Scott. Great Scott. Um, the fans never get tired of that. I always love it, dude. I should have <laughs> put the long one in here with like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson in it. Mm. So um, <laughs> coming, coming off of uh, news.discovery.com, a uh, team of researchers, think that they have pegged the success of uh, survivability of crocodiles. Oh, hell yeah. And um, their success, I think, is in the uh, 11 evolutionary adaptability of their jaws. Ooh. Because as we <laughs> alluded to earlier, uh, which is it's kind of funny, crocodiles are mm -hmm. freaking dinosaurs. They are dinosaurs, dude. They've been ar around since the Triassic era. Mm-hmm. And um, they really began to proliferate yep. uh, after the late Triassic uh, extinction event mm -hmm. that killed off a lot of the other, their, their <laughs> yeah. buddies. Yeah, basically they were like, fuck you guys, we're going underwater. Yeah, they're like, we're not going to let this kill us. And we're also not gigantic so we can sustain our, our <laughs> crocodilian race. We're only the size of city buses. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they've also, there's also uh, different species of mm -hmm. dinosaurs that uh, adapted to their environments. For example, there's the Barusacus. Barusacus. Yeah, classic Barusacus. That's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. um, that prowl it prowled uh, the grasslands of South America again back to South America on uh -huh. dog-like legs in the Creta Cretaceous period. Ugh. So, like a, a dog -a gator. Have you ever seen a shaved dog? Uh, yeah. Imagine it with Pre scales. Freaky. Yeah. Pretty freaky. Have you, have you seen the hairless raccoons? I have not. Pretty, pretty freaky. Yeah, also. don't do that. So, there's another one, the Steniosaurus, that lived like a mm -hmm. dolphin. Yep. Uh, pursuing its prey with its long, toothy snout. Mm -hmm. And uh, another seagoing croc, the Stomatosuchus. Mm -hmm. uh, this one I think you'll like. It had a pelican-like mouth, mm -hmm. mouth pouch that may have allowed the croc to feed on plankton and krill like a baleen whale. Oh my god, I love it! It's a whale. It's a whale dial. <laughs> it's a whale dial. <laughs> a whale dial. But yes. this one's like kind of passive. It's like I just yeah. want plankton and krill. That's why I love whales so much. That's why the humpback whale is so beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. They eat the tiniest things on Earth. The only thing that it eats, it's always accidental if it kills something that's gigantic. <laughs> it's just like, I'm sorry you got in my mouth way. So, sorry, Eric, I, I, I can't help but notice that you have a big head. I have a giant head. So I was wondering, uh, what would you wish that you could do with your giant head if it could evolve to like some sort of like <laughs> cool thing? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind immediately is echolocation. Oh, yeah. I mean, big head, big ears. But you don't spend a ton of time underwater. Or I guess well, there's you. echolocation above. Yeah, hello bats. Yeah, hello bats. Hey bats. That was a less successful Hello Kitty. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, echolocation is great. And I also have ears that stick out of the side of my head pretty well. Um, <laughs> so that's good. What other I great- feel like my number one mm-hmm. my number one would be the tar spit attack from Jurassic, the aforementioned Jurassic Park. Yep. I think I would like that. I, I feel like there's plenty of situations in my life where I'd be served <laughs> very well by a tar spit attack. <laughs> I see. You know, when you were in high school, you uh, you did like the, the hiss a lot. Yeah, I went through a hissing phase. Yeah, if you could replace that with the tar spit, <laughs> I think that that could be real. Like that dude in the line at Six Flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would have, it would have been a little aggressive to hit him in the face with a Yeah, with that's the problem tar. is you got to be able to back it up. The black tar is going to get you in a lot of sticky situations, pun intended. Hey, oh. I think the other thing that would be cool, I'm not much of a foodie. Mm-hmm. I eat food mostly just to have my stomach full. Okay. So I think it would be cool if I had a detachable jaw where I could just eat like a whole turkey yeah. at once well, and it's be every, good for like a week. It's every guy's dream. <laughs> you think? I, I would feel love like you get over that when you're past, you know, 26. Uh, I would love that. You've seen me eat. I Yeah, I know. You're coming around. You're turning into a bit of a foodie guy, though. You're a priest. <laughs> Savoring flavors more than you used to. I could still put away a Jimmy John sandwich in about a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, your pelican-like pouch helps. The thing that I love, thank you. The thing that I love about sub sandwiches is when they have tons of lettuce on them. I don't know if this if anybody else has this thing. Wait, are you being sarcastic? No, or? I love lettuce. Mm, me too. Like I a bunch of crunchy spinach. lettuce. I, uh, I like, get lettuce and spinach. I like the slice, the, like the shredded lettuce. Yeah, that just ice give me lettuce extra lettuce, dude. Like, it's like eating water, crunchy water. One of my favorite things is like a Subway meatball sub with uh, extra lettuce. Crunchy Sounds meatballs. Sounds delicious. I know, right? Anyway, um, other things I would love is a cockatiel crown. <laughs> like, the, like the guy on Dinosaurs. <laughs> on the show Dinosaurs. Yeah, I know. I, I would know. just love it, although... Total, total resignation of any poker face, if that's the case. <laughs> and it'd go so well with your leather or your uh, letterman jacket. Exactly. <laughs> Echolocation, cockatiel crown, uh, and God, I mean, the chipmunk thing is cool. Just if you want to like put a bunch of sunflower seeds in your mouth. Mm. Um, What's but- cooler, chick- chipmunk teeth or pelican pouch? Pelican pouch for sure. Okay, yeah. But the la- the loss of the jawline with the pelican pouch, <laughs> I, I don't care. I already have a cockatiel crown. <laughs> Everyone already knows you're a big man. <laughs> God, can you imagine if humans just had like a... Have you seen the planet Earth with the, with the pelicans? It's terrifying. No, I don't think so. It's... They like... 
they go up to these birds whose mothers have flown away to get them food, and they go into the nest and they eat these baby birds alive. And it shows them shoveling these baby birds into their mouths. And then the birds, like, totally, like, scrounging around trying to get out of the pouch in their, in their mouth. Oh, my God. Like, moving birds are around. such dicks. And then the bird just, like, holds it up and then swallows it whole. What, what, what's the bird that, uh, like, eats the eggs and then lays its own eggs and pieces out? What? The other birds, like... Yeah, and then like the original oh bird like God. raises that that bird's young up as its own. Yeah, and then yeah, so the eggs hatch and then they become more predators and then they oh my God, how is it even sustainable? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my I Lord. don't know. Well, of course I, there's birds checks are dicks. I guess, dude. Of course, birds are dicks because they're fucking dinosaurs. Ooh. You know. Yeah, dinosaurs are nasty. <sighs> dinosaurs are nasty. But their tar spit attacks and they're up. They're. <laughs> Crowns, yeah, steel crowns. I mean, there are a couple other things. Like, obviously, the owl head is cool. You can spin it around all the way. Owl head's one of the best, I think. Yeah, especially if you have an Oculus Rift. <laughs> you can really get the most out of that. Really get the money out yeah. of the Oculus Rift. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then you have, you know, the the night vision is always good too. Some kind of like eagle eyes. Although I feel like you'd be super distracted if you had eagle eyes. Like every little thing in like on the bus would just be so distracting to you. Mm, yeah, I don't need any more yeah. hyper focus on any, anything. Also, I think my smell is completely fine the way it is. I don't need any super smell, especially not for the bus. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about it. I don't. I don't want whiskers. I kind of want one of those uh, snake fork tongues that they like. Mm-hmm. What are they doing when they put their tongue out? I think they're, they're smelling. They're smelling. Yeah, yeah. I want one of those. Although you could do that, you know, that's like a procedure of like cutting your, splitting your tongue in two. Yeah, but that's not as cool. It's not as cool. Uh, yeah. Can't, yeah. I, I mean, I love the whale. I love the whale mouth. I mean, <laughs> baleen teeth. Baleen teeth. You I mean, live on the Puget Sound. You could just go for a swim every morning, get filled true, up. But God, that feeling of having stuff stuck in your teeth. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think it's time for some trivia. What do you say? Yeah, I think that's enough. Um, Lots of science talk. Crocodile this week. talk. Before we go on, I do need to make a correction from uh, last week. Okay. I made a fool of myself. Uh huh. I kept uh, saying a game of uh, uh, a song of fire and ice book three, uh-huh. where it's a song of ice and fire. And Eric, I think you actually corrected me, and I recorrected you. <laughs> I don't even know. So it's a song of ice and fire. I kept saying a song of fire and ice. Uh huh. And I think it's because there's a sweet magic card that I've uh, always kind of had my eye on. That's the sword of fire and ice. Uh huh. So I have some sort of like linguistic confusion going on because of that magic card. Makes sense. Anyway, I just wanted to apologize. All right. Well, uh, you're not forgiven, but uh, oh. thank you for your humility. It will make it easier during your punishment. All right, so uh, let's move on to some trivia. Uh, this week we're going to be doing World Domination, the greatest trivia game of all time, uh, out of Australia. And by worst, I mean best. And by best, I mean worst. Okay, let's uh, roll a six-sided dice, see which continent we'll be doing. Looks like Africa, Jesse. I don't think oh. we've done this one before. Your, uh, your second favorite continent. That's true. What's my first? North America. Mm, only if the NSA is listening. Okay. Uh <laughs> You know it is. (laughs) You know it is. Uh, Jesse, this one's for you. Which long-reviled African country 
What? <laughs> came Everyone in, hates it. Came in from the cold in 2003 by pledging to abandon its weapons of mass destruction. Long reviled African country. Oh, I think I know this. Pledged to abandon its weapons of to come in from the cold, in quotation marks. Uh, is it Libya? I'm going to go with Somalia. Uh, that's what I was going to say, but I don't think Somalia has WMDs. Nah, you got it, Libya. Dude, I totally forgot about, uh, what was that guy's name? The dictator there. Gaddafi? Gaddafi? Yeah. Gaddafi, Gaddafi. Um, all right, this one's for me. Which endangered Gandalfi. animal? I'm going to go to PAX as a mix-up between Gaddafi and Gandalf called Perfect. Gandalfi. <laughs> so many people are going to get that. Yeah. Uh, this one's for me. Which endangered animal is the main attraction at the Central African Parks de National Volcans? I'm going to go with the uh, I'm going to go with the rhinoceros. I'll just go with elephants. Gorillas. Oh. <laughs> Gorillas. Those are basically human. It doesn't count. Dude, that's the thing about like the zoo too. Is like when I go see the orangutans, it kind of bums me out. Yeah, it does suck having a. I come like okay. So when I was in Hawaii, yeah. uh, my my wife was like, maybe we should go to this one hotel. They have a tank of dolphins. I was like, I don't know if I really want to support that. But then I was also thinking like, like five minutes later, I'm like, we should go to the aquarium in Vancouver. It's so cool, and they even have orangutans. I'm like. Well, that's a little hypocritical. Like they have orangutans in the aquarium. Yeah, it's a pretty good aquarium. They swim around. Are they in scuba? <laughs> t- have scuba masks? On? They have scuba diving orangutans. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. awesome. It's a good aquarium. Do they wrestle octopus? <laughs> well, yeah. Why else would you go? Of course. And you can put money on it because it's Canada. Yeah. They call it the sport of kings. Yeah, it's the orange on orange battle. <laughs> um, all right, Jesse. This one's for Was that you. A cam- Goof? Well, I mean, octopuses are orange. Oh, well, if they want to be. Yeah. Moving ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get a t-shirt for an octopus. If it had eight arm sleeves, then it would say orange if I want to be. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jesse, which novel by Albert Camus is set... Orangey in- glad I can be any color I want to be. <laughs> Uh, which novel by Albert Camus is set in the port town of Oran, Algeria? Uh, I don't know that that one about like being the water drop in the in the in the waterfall. I don't even know either. You know what I'm talking about? It's the plague, aka <laughs> La Piste. Oh, La Piste. There you go. All right, this one's for me. I need this to tie. Which modern country? Contains the site of the ancient city of Carthage. I'm going to go with Egypt. I'm going to go with... We've been over this, haven't we? We did this one? I don't know. It's Tunisia? Yes, it's Tunisia. God damn it. Tunisia, really? Yeah, because we got in an argument over Uh, where Carthage is. I always thought Carthage like Alexandria became Carthage. Yeah, I know you did, and I said it's Tunisia, and you didn't believe me. Oh, my God. Well, now it's been proven. Now it's been proven by the worst trivia game of all time. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesse, and proven by the best fantasy football drafter of all oh time. Oh, God, get off my back. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> you won trivia this week, but I won the roll-off, which means that it's time for my second topic. And it means that we're going to talk about something that I read on Reddit. Tusked whales, novels, the unicorns of the sea. 
Extra, extra. Reddit on Reddit. Reddit on Reddit. And that's the way it is. Uh, so, so I got this on Reddit. It's actually a very interesting article. It comes to us from visual.ly, which uh, is actually a pretty cool website as well. Um, but it is 11 untranslatable words from other cultures. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love this idea of like words that like you can't even comprehend. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't have a, you don't have a way to place it. And we, we run into this, this thing all the time. In fact, Jesse and I have come up with a few words. Like, uh, if you like something now, but you know that you will hate it later, like there needs to be a word for that. Um, so, uh, these are, are words from other cultures and some of them are pretty damn good. So the first one is, uh, put this one in your, in your dictionary, Waldensamkeit, Waldensamkeit, which is German. I'm sure Dennis Kleinbeck can tell us that is the feeling of being alone in the woods. Which is great. Like, if I ever build a, a cabin in the woods, I'm going to name it Walden Somkite. <laughs> Walter Cronkite? Exactly. Uh, up next one, this one comes to us from the Italian uh, culture. It is the Qualasino. Qualasino, the mark left on a table by a cold glass. Mm. I feel like mm. that one was just invented so that people could chew other people out about it. Yeah. Get your Qualasino off of my table. <laughs> It's a making me cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also love it because you got to think like metaphorically that these have probably become, uh, you know, like ways to talk about people. So like if say somebody is really smelly <laughs> when they leave your house, you can still smell them. They're probably a Qualicino. Yeah, totally. Right. You just can't get their stink out of the walls. <laughs> uh, all right. This one is actually one of my favorite ones. It is the... Ixuarpak. And that is Inuit for the feeling of anticipation that leads you to keep looking outside to see if anyone is coming. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. You're just... Mostly the UPS guy. <laughs> Mostly the UPS guy. Yeah. Or I, I think that you could also definitely apply this to like you're expecting that phone call and you're just going to mm. sit there staring at your phone until it happens. Mm-hmm. Ixuarpak. Um, up next from the Japanese, we have Komorebi. Komorebi, sunlight that filters through the leaves of trees. Oh, that's nice. Very peaceful. I um, call that chlorofiltered. Yeah, there. Yeah, perfect. That actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, up next, we have Pochamuchka, which I bet you can guess which culture that's from. Let Russian? Me, yeah. I was just going to read it in Russian. Pochamuchka. And it is a person who asks a lot of questions. Oh. Quit being a pochamushka. We got to have a word for that, right? A uh... Uh, nosy Nelly. Uh, I think a, a nosy Nelly. A cop? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, up next we have Sobremesa, which is Spanish for the time spent after lunch or dinner talking to the people you shared the meal with. Oh, very. It's usually a very pleasant time, unless, of course, there's a pochamushka at the table. <laughs> uh, up next, we have Jayas. Pochamushka. <laughs> That's good. That's what my freaking uh, coworker is. Yeah. Could be in a pochamushka. Yeah. I feel like I'm that. I'm going to have to whip, whip that one out. Yeah. Uh, up next, we have Jayas, which I think is great on a number of levels. First of all, 
uh, you know, our, our listeners know that we are a part of the J conspiracy, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, just me and Jesse and two other friends, including Rocky Mountain correspondent uh, Levi Jetty. Um, and I feel like this applies to us, and it's also JS, which is perfect. It's it's from Indonesia, and it is a joke told so poorly and so unfunny that one cannot help but laugh. Yeah, that that's basically this podcast. That's basically, I was like, if we're ever going to rename this podcast, it should just be called JS. JS. <laughs> yeah. Up next, from the Hawaiian, Panapo'o, which is the act of scratching your head in order to help you remember something you have forgotten. Yeah, what the fuck is with that? What? Why, Why do you do, you do that? Why do you scratch your head uh, to, like, think about stuff? The crazy thing to me is, like, you know, the ancient Egyptians used to, like, rip the hearts out of people, but they would just scramble the brains and let them pour out the front of the head because they thought the soul lived in the heart. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like instinctually you, you automatically grab your head, like, when you're trying to think. Uh-huh. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they were just so uh, emotional. They were like that robot. <laughs> Maybe they got hung over so much since uh, beer was invented in that region. <laughs> yeah, that they probably. Thought it was like an evil demon eating them from the inside. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's my explanation. I always have this amazing experience, but then the evil demon in my skull <laughs> tries to ruin it for me. Yeah. Yeah, but I also. We just scramble that thing up before I go to the afterlife. That'd be great. Yeah. Let's just that relieve that tension. Yeah, but the Panapo'o. Which is obviously an older word if it's from the original Hawaiian native language. So, yeah, apparently it's just a, kind of a human instinct. Right, yeah. Um, Dépissement, which is French for the feeling that comes from not being in one's own home country. Which I think is a, it's also a great, like, that's a real feeling that you have. Yeah, well, maybe stop colonizing shit, France. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think that you also get that feeling, though, like when you go to a new city. Like if I if I were to go to say Albuquerque, New Mexico, I would definitely have. Well, that's because the United States is such a giant country. Debissement. Basically, we're the equivalent of ten ancient cultures. You know. Yeah. Culturally, there's a lot of distinctions between regions in the U.S. Is what I'm trying to say. That's what you're trying to say. Uh, up next, we have Goya, which is Urdu for the transporting suspension of disbelief that can occur in good storytelling. If you ever want to, if any of you are trying to make a production company, Goya is probably a good name for it. Isn't that like a, a non-Jewish person? That's a Goy. Oh. Uh, and then finally we have Mangata, which is Swedish for the road-like reflection of the moon on the water. Hmm. I just love this stuff, dude. We should always be expanding our vocabulary. And uh, what is it? Prachamushka? <laughs> I can't even remember Pretchum- what it is now. Well, maybe we should expand our vocabulary with English words first. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Maybe that could be like a new challenge we do each week. We have like the word of the week, uh-huh. and then you you can write in about your how you used oh, it in the it. past week. Yeah, so let's go ahead and start that now. Tell us how you're going to use pochamushka. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It should be an actual English word. Pochamushka. We're okay. trying to make this an English word, dude. Quit being good a pochamushka and questioning me. Okay, so uh, anyway, Jesse, what's your uh, second topic this week? So my second topic, it could, I, I could uh, follow your lead again and mm-hmm. uh, submit Reddit on Reddit, but I'm go- actually going to file this one in the WTF files. WTF. I don't have a drop for that one, so. Yeah, no, that was good. Good. Uh, you you got one now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, we'll just we'll just play the guest drop for that. Yeah. 
Okay, <laughs> go for it. You need, you need to remake that with WTF at the end. <laughs> WTF. There you go. So uh, I'm calling this a ballad of Billy McFarland. This is a guy I started Reddit stalking a few months ago. Ooh, describe what Reddit stalking is. Uh, basically, just periodically, I check up on his user account. So uh-huh. if you want to go to a user, you type in like Reddit slash you slash their name. Right. So this guy is Billy McFarland, and he's a stand-up comedian um, who has had some success posting uh, this picture of himself doing comedy and, uh, <laughs> like, transposing text on top of it. Right. This is a pretty common practice now on Reddit. Yeah. And uh, he's been at it for a while as part of the One Year Club. I'm actually kind of bummed out because just when I checked today, uh, he's deleted a lot of his old stuff. Yikes. And it actually leads me to believe, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, he deletes his old stuff and then resubmits it to try and get more Aww, karma. dude. Yeah, and um, so he has 4,878 link karma. Okay. Minus 43 comment karma. What? So it's, wow. it's a special kind of person to get like a butt ton of link karma wow. and negative comment karma. Yeah, I mean, I have, I think I'm sitting, I have like 2,000 link karma, and I think I have 560 comment karma. Mm-hmm. Because I, so uh, I just blew up. Normally it's something like that. If you have like a breakthrough post that gets to the front page or something, you'll get a bunch of thousands of karma. Right. But it shouldn't, you shouldn't have negative comment karma. So no. And comment karma is more of a reflection of you as a person, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. So but I feel like you gotta um, work, I feel like you gotta work to get negative 43. So I just wanna I just wanna look at some of these. Uh, it's a picture of him. Mm-hmm. I would describe him as like a uh, mid to late thirties, uh, sort of portly white guy. Are you he's talking? This, are you talking? He's like, making this face. Say what? Are you, are you talking nineteen thirties? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like depression era. Uh huh. He's got a he's got a, uh, a hat. He's got a fedora mm-hmm. on. Suspenders. It says press. Um, no. He's in the Dust Bowl. He, he's got some sort of face that I would only describe as, like, Disney cartoon rat face. Okay. And uh, so here's one of his uh, submissions. So this is his picture, and it says, I found a way... And let me just say, this is obviously made in paint. Okay. The text that's put on top. <laughs> okay. It's definitely MS paint work. I found a way to get free hot water in Texas. Step one, wait until August. Step two, turn on cold water. At Billy McFarland. Wow. Here's one. Is this like guy <laughs> for real? Is he a real state of color? This is real. This is his career. <laughs> Colonel Sanders and Dr. Dre. Also, I just sent him a friend request on Facebook, so hopefully he accepts it. Perfect. He has 900 Facebook friends, so I'm guessing he accepts everyone. Excellent. Or if Colonel Sanders and Dr. Dre were to switch places in history... While rap would be horrible, I bet the chicken still not that bad. What? And all I'm saying is that it's a lot harder to make rap than it is to make chicken. For example, my mom makes great fried chicken. My mom can't rap at all. Except for once she was complaining about her arthritis. And in perfect rhythm, she said, my neck, my back. And all I could think was, if she finishes this rap, there's no way I'm eating this chicken. At Billy McFarland. <laughs> what? All right, so here's one what? entitled, Does Anyone Have Friends Like This? Okay. 
You have a friend who says they smoke pot, but whenever y'all do, they just take one hit and then say, no more for me, I'm stoned. They are not a pothead. I call these people marijuana bees at Billy McFarland. Mm, that's almost a personal arrogance joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's almost a Jayus. Fair enough. Um, here, So he also likes to take... Uh, he does this thing called please welcome your next comedian and then it's like a famous person so he has please welcome your next comedian Stevie Wonder. Okay. It's a picture of Stevie Wonder and then it says I probably should have said very superstitious braille on the wall. Uh-huh. Get cuz he's blind. Get it? Yeah, and he had the song superstition. Yeah. Yep. Uh please welcome your Good next one. comedian Paula Dean. Uh, knock, knock. Who's there? I don't know. Oh, Christ. I'm ac- I can't actually finish this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? Apparently, he decided to drop a uh, N-bomb on that one. So I should <laughs> I should have free proed this. This is like his life. This is Yeah, this is his uh, 2300 oh, karma one. We, sh- we got to see if he can be a guest on this podcast. <laughs> I feel Please like we could get him. comedian Michael Phelps. This one's actually halfway funny. Okay. Uh, when I got caught smoking weed in 2008, only one company dropped me, and that was Kellogg's. They had to be tough because I can't, uh, I can't be on their commercial saying every morning I get up and have two bowls because you don't know if I'm eating them or smoking them. I, I got it. You don't, you don't have to explain it. <laughs> it was almost funny until you explained it. it. Yeah, yeah, it's always good to explain it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just love this guy. And I... Like, <laughs> This is not good for your career, right? No, this is the worst. This is like career suicide. You're not going to... I think he might be trying... He's like trying to get exposure for himself and his jokes, but you can't do it in a way like this. It's awful. Is this uh, so late 30s rat face man dressed up like a chimney sweep? No, no. He's not wearing 1930s garb or anything. (laughs) I just like to imagine this. (laughs) He's wearing a, he's wearing a smart, uh, I'd call it, uh, like light purple button up. There you go. But yeah, it's just like, if you're going to play the internet, you got to do it right. And using it just to plug your own jokes. Mm -hmm. The only attention you're going to get is people like me who are going to be like, (laughs) who is this guy? And then go through everything you've ever done and mercilessly, uh, Pick it apart. I, man, this is. Just, I think we should do this for personal arrogance. Let's have pictures of us like in front of a microphone, and then we'll <laughs> we'll be like, "Hey guys, right? Pun intended." We'll just keep uh, submitting it over and over and spamming r slash right. podcast. Right. Hey guys, cockatiel, <laughs> cockatiel crown. Right. Cockatiel crowns. Right, guy. Right. <laughs> I think we might actually be onto something there. I do like the one where he decided to drop the hard end bomb. He got seven yeah, comment karma for that. He got what? He got seven karma for that. Well, it is Reddit. Uh, Ninja Walrus eighty eight said, "You're not funny." Paula's Dean life is ruined for saying the n word decades ago at gunpoint. What? Otherwise, she had acted with class. A gunpoint? I. <laughs> wow. Where are these people getting their news? <laughs> Jeepers creepers. Probably from uh, slash stand-up shots. There you go. (laughs) Apparently he's also uh, foregone commenting on uh, 
posting to stand up shots in favor of just r slash funny. Oh wow, yeah, that's a better community for that. Yeah, the, those people don't downvote anything. <laughs> that's true. Oh man, the politics of Reddit. All right, so anything else on this fool? Uh, no, I'll keep it posted. Right. Hopefully he accepts my f- friend request because I'm yeah. interested to see where this goes. Let's see what happens here. And that is it this week for the WTF Files. Gung, gung. <laughs> All right, guys. We didn't get any emails this week, and I'm a little bummed about it, honestly. So please email us. Personalregrets.gmail.com. I sound pathetic. Like, you're probably not even going to email me now because I sound awful. We do. Um, we got. <laughs> we don't want your emails at personalregrets.gmail.com. We got a uh, uh, iTunes review. Oh, we did. Why don't we yeah, read that? It's the first one in three months. So, guys, come on. <laughs> we sound awful. This is I like know. the summer lull, though. It's every single summer is like this. Yeah, I know. Once everyone needs to get inside and cozy mm-hmm. up by the fireplace with a warm podcast. Yep. Surely the uh, the reviews on iTunes will uh, pour in then. Surely. But uh, Mike Merriman says, a different mm. take. Five stars. Oh. I enjoy this podcast mostly because I don't live in Seattle anymore. The, rep- the podcast reminds me of home. He has that uh, that one word. Yeah, whatever that French word is. I don't have that up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the random Seattle and Washington references are uh, are like a little Easter eggs for me to find every week. The podcast is like a warm sweater that still has that mildewy Seattle smell still <laughs> lingering in it. Mmm. Yeah, I can't wait for like the rain to come back and then you get that weird feeling indoors when it's like humid and it's kind of warm and it smells weird. That's that's Seattle. None of this 90 degree bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little hot for my taste right now. That's what you're going to do. So you can, you can write and review us on iTunes. Uh, we re- we always appreciate that. That helps us out on the tunes. You can uh, re- send us an email, personalarrogance.com. You can follow us on Facebook. We're on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page and the Bald Move Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Personal Podcast. And uh, you can also tell a friend. Also, we have a voicemail line, guys, 360-362-0024. Give us a call, and we'll put it on the show. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, let's go to the Facebook roundup. Uh, each week we put a Facebook, uh, post up on our Facebook page and we ask you what you would like us to talk about. Um, and then we talk about it. So we're starting here with Robert. Robert Cooper says AMC announced a better call Saul prequel show, uh, to breaking bad thoughts. Somebody on my timeline today was like, I don't know. I don't know why they can't just let breaking bad go away. Like, I don't know why they have to do a spinoff. I'm like, dude, yeah, Fraser completely ruined Cheers for me. <laughs> like, it's it's a, cause it's a different show, and it's also a prequel. Like, Walter White is not going to be in this show. Uh, he's, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, it's he's a high totally school science teacher show. at this point. But well, it's good news for Aaron and Jim Jones. It is good news. Better Call Saul. Get ready for the Better Call Paul. I can't do it. I can't, oh, I can't come up with a name right now, but uh, get ready for that. Uh, Derek Remain says, Jesse, do you watch Game of Thrones now that you're reading them? And what's your favorite storyline to read? Uh, no, I haven't started watching it, but I think once I finish book three, I'm going to start watching it. Yeah. Uh, favorite storylines to read are probably Tyrion and Jon Snow. Tyrion and Jon Snow, man. Um, yeah, and pick up the books, I guess, right? You kind of like them, right? Uh, yeah, I like them. I, honestly, I haven't read anything uh, today. I I'm I don't know. I'm going through a little bit of a lull. Yeah. Well, sometimes that happens. There's still a couple hours left. 
J.M. Baxter says, Eric, you talk about baseball on the cast often. Who's getting into the playoffs and who's winning it all? Um, so I know that the Yankees have a huge long shot, but I would love to see Ichiro win a, a ring. He's not. It's not going to happen this year. The Boston is gonna, just going to run away with that division. Uh, but I think I'm just going to say fuck it and get over myself and root for the goddamn A's. Because the <laughs> Oakland A's are so much fun to root for. I know they're in our division. I know that they are uh, technically a division rival of the Seattle Mariners. But g- give me a break, guys. They have done everything right that the Mariners have done wrong in the last decade. I'm not saying that I'm an A's fan, but I'm saying I can't not root for them because they've done everything so well. Not to mention they have great uniforms. Love the green and gold. And, you know, they're they're going up against these these teams with giant payrolls, and they did it right. They built it up from the ground, and uh, they're, they're able to hang with the big boys. So I'm rooting for the A's. Um, National League, who gives a shit? That's what I say. Uh, American League all the way. Jesse, what are your thoughts? Uh yeah, see I'm a National League guy. Right. <laughs> I like those um Toronto Maple Leafs. Mhm. Perfect. I I picked them to go to the the Super um series. Series? Yep. John yeah. O'Brien says it's been a while since I've commented or called in. But what are your thoughts on Breaking Bad so far this season? I haven't been watching it. I don't really watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, I wish I could, but uh I only can watch things that I can watch with my family yeah that's rough basically dude. which is a lot of Frasier and I say I don't watch Breaking Bad but actually I my wife and I have started watching it from the beginning so uh I'm excited to get to to the to the final season but uh, I'm just getting into it now um he also says uh oh he says I can only take so much Jim and Aaron us too uh, tell me about it <laughs> he says, sent them packing hello uh John O'Brien says. Also, it seems that you may have been right about the electronic electronic dance move, music peaking this summer. Around me, mostly East Coast, people have been dying left and right from drug overdoses at these shows. It's insane and actually led to many canceled concerts. Jesus. That took a turn for the serious. <laughs> uh, Justin Olson says, I need entertainment for my 72-hour ferry ride from Bellingham to Skagway, Alaska, and the 76-hour ride back. So how about a bunch of podcast recommendations other than the Bald Move Network since I'm already listening and nearly caught up on all the backlogs? Jesse, you're the you're the big podcast podcast man. Which what, what should stuff uh, you should know is just load yourself up on stuff you should know podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're super entertaining. Yep, and you learn a bunch of shit. You do. Um, also, I mean, seventy two hours is a long time. You could also just teach yourself Arkham Horror and play it solo. <laughs> yeah. Which would actually be pretty fun. A little yeah. solitaire Arkham Horror. Oh, Do that. In terms of podcasts, I also listen to, of course, This American Life. It's kind of a given. Um, WTF with Mark Marin, I really like. Uh, the Nerdist, maybe, I don't know. Chris Hardwick my kind brother, of bothers me. My brother, my brother and me. Oh, and Bim uh, Bam Bill for sure. Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Uh, How Did This Get Made? Uh, if you like board games, card, uh, uh, Dice Tower podcast is really good. There's a bunch of good stuff. Oh, and then Justin, and then you turned on us, sir. His next his next comment saying, also, before I forget, go 49ers. Oh. Justin, you Ugh. are now dead to Oof. us. Listen to uh, the Rachel Ray podcast. Edit, uh, Eric, you need, to, you need to edit that whole thing we just set out. <laughs> Screw that guy. Oh, man. Uh, Diane Wilson says, thanks for the heads up. I will try not to call you during tonight's <laughs> recording. That thanks, is from Mom. Jesse's mom. 
Uh, Aaron Martinez, could Jesse be more specific on what free beer from work he's always drinking? Uh, I choose not to. Yeah, we don't really talk about where we work. Yeah. But, uh, but maybe you could, next time you could say whether it's an amber. Uh, John Dominic says, if each member of the Anchorman team, Ron, Brian, Champ, and Brick, had a superpower, what would it be? Jesse, go. Uh, Ron's got the golden tongue. Champ can knock your head off with a baseball bat. Uh, uh, Brian is, uh, he's the, he's the, he's the, what's Brian? He's uh, Paul Rudd. Okay. He's got like, well, he has Sex Panther. Totally. Isn't that what it's called? Yep, absolutely. That is a secret power. Yep. And then uh, Brick can kill a man with a trident. I mean, that's obvious. <laughs> it's in the freaking movie. Yeah, they actually already have their superpowers, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's perfect, actually. I, I do think Ron should be able to fly, though. But with, <laughs> I think that, uh, like, angel wings should sprout out of his ankles. Well, there's always the next movie coming out. Here. There you go. John Dominic. Oh, he already asked that. Leland Darby says, got to my D&D night only to find out one of our players was in jail for the next 48 hours for unpaid fines. Worse than a punch in the face? You have a pretty strict DM. Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, if, if, if your DM is that strict, then he needs to figure out how to work this into the story. Yeah. Well, done. <laughs> little prison break, maybe, for your for your party. <laughs> Oh, that is worse than a punch in the face. Yeah. I mean, a, a good D&D sesh is not something to uh, take lightly that's or for true. granted. So, Man, that's rough, dude. Um, ask him how prison was, though. See if he got a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, Kyle says, top Disney animated features and top hottest princesses. God damn it, guys. <laughs> We've already gone over this. The hottest Disney princess is Nala from The Lion King. Yeah. Come on. The only one to ever lick anyone, right? (laughs) That we know of. (laughs) Hey, now. Uh, now. (laughs) Best Disney animated feature. Jesse, what's your fave? Uh, I don't don't know. Disney movies? Yeah. Um, Like when you were a kid. Rescuers Down Under. Of course. Makes sense. I got to go with The Lion King, dude. Lion King's definitely the best one. Yeah, it's Lion King, Aladdin, kid. Yeah, I mean, we owned Aladdin, but, dude, Lion King is so much better. Natavenia. All right. Uh, I think that's it, guys. My first record was watch the Seahawks 49ers game. Yeah, Monday night football. Waiting all day for Sunday night. Sunday night football. So uh, my (laughs) first recommendation is the Humble Indie Bundle 9. Uh Uh-huh. Go to HumbleBundle.com. It's on sale for the next two weeks. Yep. Uh, You get four games. Uh... Damn it! I, oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. I had it all nicely loaded up and mm-hmm. uh, botched it. So you get four games for however much money you want to spend. You get Brutal Legends, which is whatever, but Eats Munchies Beta, Mark of the Ninja, trying to complete story. Then, if you spend more than uh, the average donation amount, which is four fifty-five, you get Faster Than Light and Fez. Also, so you can get six games here for. Five dollars and it all goes mm-hmm. to charity, and uh, I picked it up. I'm super excited to play Faster Than Light. Excellent. Uh, and then my second reco this week is going to be the Get Off My Running Back podcast. First uh, guest host is going to be Aaron. It's me and Aaron talking football coming out this Friday. Jesse, what's your second reco? Uh, my second reco is this great joke from Billy McFarland. Is Lipitor right for me? I asked my doctor if Lipitor was right for me. He said, "No, you don't have health insurance." <laughs> 
<laughs> That's actually pretty great. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, guys. Well, until next time, go Hawks and wherever you go. Whatever you do. Please stay, stay arrogant.